Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Well, this week, uh, I, um, I don't know which day it was. I'm seeing the orange t-shirts, so I, Saturday was reconciliation, and um We've ministered to the First Nations people. Um, been up to Shasabi, and uh, I've been up once, but I know Sh- Sheila and people from our church, Natalie, different ones have gone up. And, um, you know, there, there's such a brokenness from, from the damage that was done, and, and we don't know the extent of it, but I'll tell you, when you go in and and you hear the stories, and um, you know, especially with the the abuse at the at the homes, and um, it, it was just horrible to hear. And for myself, I know that because I suffered abuse at four years old, and growing up uh, through those years, and um, my parents were group home parents, and uh, took in troubled kids and one bad situation from another, and it opens up a door that you can't unsee some things. And it can alter and change um, and affect you in ways that uh, only God can truly heal and restore. Only God can. And we can wear the orange t-shirts, and it's good to have the support, and it's good, but only Christ can truly heal a heart. Only, only the God of reconciliation, truly, who knows what's going on inside of each one. Jesus is the only one that can bind up the brokenhearted and take those pieces of brokenness and do something amazing with them. And so as I've been thinking about, you know, this and, and reconciliation, this is our greatest ministry. And everyone's like, oh, what's my ministry? What's my ministry? Our ministry is reconciliation. It's, first of all, us being reconciled to God. And that is how many know is a continual process. Because my healing process, even for that, from the abuse, didn't come overnight. It was a journey of walking with God. It's allowing Jesus to come in and heal those different areas and come into those broken places. And, and, And he's the one that has to do that work. And, of course, he brings people with skin on, and it helps, but... Ultimately, it's him and it's the work of his spirit that does this. And he's so awesome when he does this. And, um, you know, we see with, uh, with Sarah and the ministry, your love that, that is starting up. You know, this is a, a byproduct of being reconciled to God and then wanting to give that away. That's what that's all about. And it's each one of us have stories Each one of us can hear a person, and that's the good news, is that you can be reconciled to God. And and the Bible makes it clear and shows us this in our, in our, um, in, let's go to 2 Corinthians, because this is where it's found. 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to start at verse 14. says 
Actually, I'm going to start at verse 11. It, it's, it won't be up there because Aaron didn't put it in because I didn't give it to him. But we'll start there, and then he can pop in on 14. It says, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. This is Paul speaking. He says, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. See, Paul here was fighting with the super apostles of his day and the superheroes and all these ones that had the glitz and the grammar and, and, and all the, the right ways of saying things, and they looked more professional and... And they were de deviating them off of the path because they were showing them laws and rules and regulations and saying, this is how you can get right with God. And they were beginning to put all these things back on their, themselves. And Paul's like, what are you doing, guys? It's about being reconciled to God. It's not about putting more rules on everyone and putting, putting all these things back on people. And so he's, he's trying to tell them, look, guys, I'm sincere in this. And it says here in verse 13, if it seems we are crazy, it's to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it's for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us since we believe that Christ died for what? For all. Amen? And you know what? We're really good at dismissing that with people. We're like, we, we disqualify people. Sometimes, have you ever talked to someone you're like, oh, I don't know if God could ever save that person. I'm the only one that's thought that? I'm a pastor and I've thought it. Now, you know, because you do. In your natural thinking, you think, but then we, when we put our eyes on Christ, we know that's not the case. He says here, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Amen. This is the beginning point. And this is the part that we all have to get this solid foundation. We're going to come back to a basic, solid, foundational truth that is the springboard of everything that we're going to do for God when we leave here today. Because our ministry actually starts when we leave this room. Our ministry starts when we leave these four walls. This is where the, the fun begins, is we realize our old life has died and now we have a new life. And it says here, verse 15, and this is for us. It says, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live what? For themselves. My wife reminds me when you have different times and bumps and that's like, well, this, this came in the road and you want to start complaining and whatever. She's like, our life's not our own. It's a, we need to be reminded of that. We, we have to be reminded that this battle is the Lord's. It's not our battle. We get to pick who we fight the battle with, but we do not get to pick the battles many times that, we, that are get thrown on us. You can pick some battles. How many know there are some situations you can shut your mouth and there's, you can choose, right? Husbands and wives? <laughs> There's some battles you just need to just zip it, go to another room, and pray until something good can come out. Speaking from experience, because 
a lot of times we, we get in some of those battles and how many know you don't win? It just ends up being a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And then a lot of cleanup. So he says here, so we don't live, we no longer live for ourselves. Instead, we live for Christ who died and was raised for, for us. And it says here, <clears throat> so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. And guys, this is hard in our culture because humanism is huge. Man is the center of all things. You can fix yourself. You can, do redo, you can remedy yourself. You can do this. You can. You can. But let me tell you, it's limited. It's limited, and it will eventually fail. But we've got something better. Amen? And the way that we do it is we don't evaluate things from a human point of view anymore. We are spiritual. We are in Christ. We have something more. We have the advantage. Amen? You don't sound like you have the advantage. We have the advantage in Christ. It says here, At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, how many here is an anyone? Okay. And that means anyone you meet is able to be an anyone. Anyone can be in Christ. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a renovated person, an improved person. A what? A brand new person. An absolute new creation is what the Bible says. And that doesn't mean that we become this caterpillar with wings. No, we go from a caterpillar to a butterfly. A completely different creation. Amen? And this is this is so hard for us to grasp because in our Greek thinking and our, the way we process, we literally think this plus this plus this, and God's like, no, this, brand new, this. I recreated it. Figure it out. <laughs> and we're spending our life figuring it out because our mind can go... And this is where it, I was speaking to a minister friend of mine who is, uh, who is walking through um, cancer, and, um, but he's strong in his faith, and, and he's, he's standing on his, on his faith. And he's been healed of cancer once before, and he knows that he will walk through this again. And so, but he was saying, my spirit man is made new in Christ. And I'm telling my body, and I'm telling my mind, I'm telling every other part of me, it's got to line up. This has got to go. Someone's staying, and someone's going. And my spirit man is ruling in Christ, because I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so that's where he's standing. And so, he, he, so I'm just thanking God for the healing, because we're, that's what we're standing on. He doesn't want sympathy prayers and boohoo prayers and 
all of those things. He wants faith-filled prayers of this is who we are and this is what we're standing for in Christ. Amen? Sympathy is not going to get us very far. It's who we are in Christ. It's the love of Christ compelling us to go forward in what God has. So it says here, um, so this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new creation. The old life is what? Lurking around, trying to sneak its way in and creep its way in, right? You know why it does that? Because we keep it alive by talking about it, by thinking about it, by rehearsing old offenses or old issues. That's how it stays alive. But the Bible says that this life is gone. The old life is gone. Amen? And I know a lot of people that are really hurting that we meet every day that would like to know that their old life could be gone. That Christ Jesus actually did it. This is how we preach the gospel. It's so simple. We let them know Christ forgave you. Christ loves you. Amen. How do I do it? You genuinely believe what you say. And you give that to them. What if I don't say it right? It doesn't matter. People don't care what you have to say till they know how much you care. If you genuinely care and it's your heart to want to get something that Jesus has for them, they don't even really care how you say it. They know. When Mustafa came here, we couldn't speak English or he came to here, just came. And just broke down and bawled and gave me Google Translate and just said, God, help me. And I could see the pain. And all I did was begin to pray and minister. And just the love of Christ, when we allow it in our hearts, will lead us. Amen? Into the next step. So how many people know of someone who needs reconciliation with God? We meet them every day. We meet them all the time. And sometimes, you know, in our path, We are praying for them, and it's not the right time yet because there's also timing and building a relationship sometimes, but a heart should always be reaching out to them. A heart should always be seeing them, not from a human point of view anymore. God, what do you see for them? God, what do you have for them? Amen? Begin to pray that way. Begin to look at them that way because Christ has something new for them. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. Amen? All things have become new. And for us who have been Christians for a long time, how many know you you can get into autopilot? You can get into like a mundane kind of routine, and it's like you forget all the new things that have become new. You forget to maybe even, I think sometimes we forget to step out of some of these comforts, and like it's like, no, I'm going to step into this. This is something even more that God has. And we're going to pray over that tonight because I believe God wants to renew that in us and and show us the newness of what we have. Amen? It's like recognizing the sunset again and the sunrise that we drive by so often all the time. Right? 
And it's like, wow, that's there, and that's there for me, and it's free. Amen? We've got to enjoy the free stuff. There's lots of free stuff. Look, we're not going to be all upset that the economy's going and everything's going and money's going. It doesn't matter. As believers, we got so much free stuff. Guys, we do. They're like, God, you know what David said? You know, don't let me become so wealthy that I forget you, God, and don't let me become, you know, it, it, let me be, I, I'm messing it up, but basically, if it, it takes me being poor to, to recognize you, or, or, yeah, too poor that I forget you, but poor enough that you remember. In the middle. Okay. The main thing is, is that we're getting reconciled to God. And whatever it takes. And, and, and God is continually doing that process. It says here. And all of this is what? A gift from God. Amen. A gift who brought us back to himself through Christ. He literally brought Christ down and brought us back. He was like, come on. And he brought us all back to himself. See, this is the thing we, do, we, 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 we forget. And I, we can't even fathom it, but... Like, how many parents are here? Raise your hands, your parent. How many, all of your kids have a place in your heart? And it's a different place for each one, right? Because they're all different. But there's a place in your heart for them. And your heart aches when they're gone. Whether they're gone, they've deceased, or they can just be gone where they've, separated themselves from you. How many know your heart aches? If you felt that pain, it's horrible, horrible pain. Well, God created every person with a place in his heart. And every day, he feels the pain. Like, we seem to think, oh, God just kind of threw it all out there, and, well, let's just where it lands, where it lands. No, the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. In our mother's womb, he, he, he fashioned us. He formed us. This isn't, this isn't cookie-cutter assembly line, pop the people out, let's populate the earth. And each one of them, he had a place in his heart. And when they are separated from him, his heart never stops aching for them. So that helps me when I'm aching that my Father, Heavenly Father, knows that pain and He can minister to that. Amen? And His heart is continually wanting those to be reconciled. Because we see this here. It's a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us the task. Well, this is the task. How many want a task? 
All the, all the people that don't like tasks, that are not task motivated, are like, oh. All the task people are so happy, you know, they're like, yay, I got something to do. What can I do? Okay, your task is this. It's reconciling people to God. That's your task. That is all of our tasks. It doesn't get any more simple than that. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Amen? And it says here, no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the good news, guys. We do not have to point the finger. We do not have to tell people your sin is against you. We do not have to come in any kind of condemning or condescending way. We are letting them know your sins are not counted against you. There's a God who made a way so that you can be free from that. People feel the guilt of it. People feel the pain of it. People know when something's wrong. You know. God put the law of, in, in our hearts. You know, when I was four years old and I was abused for the first time, I knew it was wrong. No, it was done in a befriending way and all the rest. You know. And what's the first thing that happens? Shame. Guilt. You hide. You hide. And there's many people that are under guilt. Most diseases, most things that people are dealing with, the root of it is guilt. A lot of things, when you start digging with people that do a lot of things out of fear, out of guilt, trying to earn their way to become better. To, and it's, it's a trap. It's a trap that you're never going to dig your way out of. But if we come as the people of God, resting in the finished work of Christ, and come with that message for those that are around us, we can draw them in. Amen? With the freedom that we have in Christ. Not the do's and don'ts and the religious rules and regulations. And this is what you need to do to become this member and, and, and measure up and be all of this and all of that. No. All of that is stripped away. Christ looks at that person, not from that human point of view. He looks at them for their value and who they are. And he says it gives us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Amen? We're the only ones that he can make that appeal through. And I, I know he's hoping we do a good job. And he's like, every time we go to talk to that person, this I remember one time this lady, God bless her. I, we were, I was at, I can't remember where I was. But anyway, she, I could tell she was wanting to tell me something. We were at this public thing. And, and she was really nervous. But she finally just dropped the track and just said, Jesus loves you. And then she ran away, right? And 
God bless her. I mean, she she knew, like, I need to tell someone about Jesus, but she was, you know, not really showing the freedom in Christ. But her heart was in the right place. But she needed, she needed to know the f- free gift that Christ gave, and, you know, she could be free from that fear. And that perfect love could cast out. And But it's a work in progress. But the thing is, I knew she was genuine about it. I knew there still was a motive of love there because she did that despite her fear. Right? But how much of our thinking of why we do what we do is really still about us? Can't inconvenience myself. Or what if I don't say the right thing? Or what if I, I, what if I, what if I, what if I? It's not about you. See, if we can look at a person with the value that God gave them, and not from a human point of view. And as we're praying and looking at people and asking God to help me to do this with people everywhere that I'm around, because getting into more places where there's different people that I don't know and there's different spheres where, and it's like, God, how can you reach this person? And, and how do you see them? And what do you see for them? And I believe as even we start praying that way and even as we start looking that way, God will give us inroads where where's the felt need in that person? And the Holy Spirit will show you this is what that person needs. And you can minister to that. Amen? And it's not about me. What if I, can, I can't do this? What if I can't? It's not about that. Think about that person and that God has already paid the price to reconcile them to himself. He's not pointing a, fun- a finger and he's not counting his sins against them. So why are you? We got this ticker. Oh, that's a really bad sin. Oh, that one. That oh, you know this whole thing with different sins. You know we we seem to think one's worse than the other. It's all black. Gossip is as bad as sexual sins. Yes, the effects of sexual sin can affect the body differently or worse, but both are damaging. Both are dark. Both are evil. And we've got to know and send the message. Christ has reconciled us. He has paid the price. And we are making that appeal. It says here, God, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. So here, this is the word. It's, it's a desperation plea. Come back to God. Come back to God. The devil's lied to you and said he's your problem. He's, the, he's your only solution. Come back to him. And I used to be in sales before I was a, a pastor. Now I'm selling Jesus. No. <laughs> but, um, but the, you know, in the training it was there's always a yes behind a no. There's always a yes. You've got to get rid of the no's and get to the yes. And you know what? There is a yes in every person. There is that longing to be accepted, to be loved, and that there is something more. But there's a lot of fear sometimes. There's a lot of guilt. There could be a lot of shame. There can be a lot of brokenness. And it distorts the, what we see. And we, we can see that person. We can look at them in a, in a, in a human point of view, and we'll miss the mark.
because we'll minister to that from many times a place of reaction because that person can be very mean. John Wesley, when he ministered, he was very bold back in his day, and he would preach to crowds, and he was one of the first ones to do open-air meetings and begin to preach in the open-air meetings. And in that day, people did not want to hear the good news, and um, they'd throw eggs at him and and rocks at him. And and what he would do is he would... uh, he would wipe the egg off or, you know, when, when a stone hit him, he, he would say, thanks for the medallion. And he would just keep preaching. And he wouldn't, he would look at it, and he wouldn't look at it even in a bad light. He would continually just do what was right. Because he was pleading with people, come back to God. That's what it's about. And bit by bit. And it became one of the, it's the Free Methodist Church was birthed, uh, came forth from that. But a movement of thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming to Christ. Because the truth will always win. And it says, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Amen. And that's the, that's the foundational point that we have to come back to as the people of God is God has brought us back to himself. None of us, we were lost in our sin. We were far away, but he's brought us back. Amen? He's brought us to himself. And I was looking at this with um, someone in the Old Testament, David. Where are we at? Mm, maybe we won't go there. We're going to leave David. <laughs> Good guy. Psalms 32, the whole psalm. If you want to read God's reconciling, redemptive work, David puts it in this psalm so powerfully. And just, this is the thing. The devil just lies to us so much every day all the time he's lying to you he's lying to you he's putting you in a place where you're continually stepping away or just pulling back because there's it's like this ticker of oh this oh disqualified oh this this oh i'm disqualified and we we pull back and we pull back instead of in every struggle in every weakness that we're drawing to him that we're reaching out to him, that we're helping those that are doing the same instead of pointing a finger at them and saying, you know, you should know better and whatever and all the rest that we do, that we are, with God's eyes, redemptive, reconciling, saying you can come back to God. There is more. But we've got to see that for ourselves because if we are condemned, we condemn. If we are under shame, we shame. If, if you are under guilt, you can make people feel guilty. Hurt people hurt people. And we do. So God wants to unravel that. Amen? He wants to bring us into that place of just reconciling himself and the world to himself and us to himself and we seem to think it's just 
that one-time thing when we got saved, but how many know God's had to unravel some things in all of our lives? There are things he has to reconcile us to and through. There are things that we face in life. There's challenges that we face. There are things that um, we are confronted with many times that in our journey, I was just walking with someone, I can't remember who I was talking to, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but they were just saying how this had shown up in their life, and I'm like, you weren't ready to deal with it at that p point in your life, but God knows you're ready to deal with it now. But let's face that with Christ. Allow him, you know, because the devil throws things up at you. How many know he does that? He throws our past up at us. And he puts us in a corner, he says, and he shames you, and he says, you'll never get out of it. You'll never change, blah, blah, blah. When God brings something to you, he will show the way out. He will always point the way out, and he will always show you a way of escape, and he will always lead you in triumph. Always, always, always. So whenever you're feeling that retreat and that pulling back or where you lose your peace, how many have felt where you've lost your peace? And it's like, that's the first sign because Christ came to bring peace. So when peace is gone, someone else stepped in and he's either lied to you. It's usually jerk face Satan. It's, he's the big one. Because really our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against every principalities and powers that are continually lying, continually speaking, continually influencing, continually, continually. And it's like we have to be renewed by being washed in the water of the word. That's why I encourage you, read Psalms 32 tonight before bed. It'll be wonderful. Trust me. You don't need my words. You need the word of God. And you want an encouraging word. That psalm is so powerful. I'm not going to spend a half an hour talking about it. But I want us to stand. Because what I want us to do right now, yeah, if, if you guys can come on up. I want us to just take time for God to minister to us and to our hearts. Because I believe that he... This is what I'm seeing, and I've, every time I'm praying for the church, every time I'm praying for the people of God, I'm not, when I talk about the church, I'm not just talking about big church. I see the city as our church. That's why I work with the churches of the city, because I believe we're all in this together. And I'm not pastoring a church. I'm pastoring a city. And I think if all of us as pastors had that mentality, we would be working together more. Because it's God's heart that his, all these people in this city are his. And we need one another to get this job done. And so wherever we could work together, we need to work together. But as I'm praying, I'm just seeing, I'm seeing so much innovation and so much creativity and, and people just going and, and being the answer in so many different situations. But I believe it comes from this, this heart reconciliation that you know the heart of god is to heal and to restore and to redeem and god what are you doing here what do you want me to do what is it that others maybe will do but god what are you doing and what do you want me to be a part of in this amen that's where it starts and i believe that's where things will come you know that inventions come out of 
desperation. They come out of a place of, but this is a problem. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? And out of that, a person who's confronted with that over and over and over again. My, my parents um, knew uh, the man who made the, you know, the baby bottle with the hole in it, the oval in it. It was a, it was a stay-at-home father who was tired of his the baby dropping the bottle all the time. He figured out, melted this thing, and anyway, he, he invented it and made it. But it came out of desperation. Came out of, I got to find a solution. I got to find it, figure out a way. But see, what we do is we walk around and we just ignore. And we don't look at things like God actually could do something there and God could, could use me. And we don't put a pressure on. It's not that I'm saying we carry the burden of the world on our shoulders and every, you know, we look at every problem, we're like, it's too much, it's too much. No, because that's, again, a human point of view. When God lets us see things from his perspective, the Bible says his burden, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he says, take my yoke upon you and Learn from me, for I am lowly in heart, and I'm uh, gentle in spirit, and I, um, I'm going to teach you. Amen? So this is what we're doing. We're taking Christ with us. And when we're looking at those things, we're asking him, what, how do you see this? What do you see here? What are you doing? What is it that you want me to do? And, and maybe you're just supposed to pray over that situation. But uh, sometimes it might be a little thing that you need to do. And it could be a simple thing. But we seem to think, oh, I don't, I, I, you know, I couldn't do anything. But don't disqualify yourself. God might have you just say one simple thing. There was a witch that switched. And she was full of demons. And it was a little old lady. She's walking down the street. And this witch is walking. Carol Kernack is her name. And she's not a witch anymore. She switched, right? She wrote a book, The Witch That Switched. So if you want to read a good book. But um, this little old lady was just walking down the road. And I'm sure just loving Jesus and whatever. Walks, and Carol goes to walk by her. And she just looks at her and just points at her and says, Jesus Christ can set you free. Just bold as anything. Carol walks past her and said, who the hell is Jesus Christ? Like any sinner would. Goes home, thinks she's going to dismiss it, goes and lays down, and all she hears is, Jesus Christ can set you free. Jesus Christ can set you free. It haunted her. It just resounded in her to where she could not ignore it to where she started to search it out and ended up searching it out and going to a Benny Hinn meeting and totally gets set free, delivered, and healed and completely on a new path. But it started with a little old lady who just said, Jesus Christ could set you free. You know Young Cho, largest church in the world? It was a young girl. That we don't even know her name. He doesn't even know her name. He was dying on his sickbed when he was young. And she would come and she would just cry over him and plead with him. And just, it would, like, God has so much for you. And, and, and just, 
And anyway, he got raised up from his sickbed and, and received Jesus, and then she was gone. We don't even know who she is. We don't even know her name. And yet, millions of souls are accounted. And you know when we go to heaven? God's going to say, okay, because of what you said, this is the ripple effect. I believe that. Because God is, is the God of, even when he talks in the Bible, to your, your children and your children's children and your children's children. He's generational. He continually is looking at the ripple effect of everything. The God who said, be careful what you sow because you're going to reap it, knows that everything sown has, a, has an effect. Everything. Everything. And so we've got to look at our lives that way. It's like, God, every day I've got something I can give you. Every day I've got something that I can live out for you. Every day there's something more that you desire to do through me. Instead of believing the lies that, oh, I don't qualify for this, I don't qualify for that. You're qualified in Christ. You're a new creation. You've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Start reconciling people to him. Start pleading with people. Come back to God. Let's have that urgency and that desperation in our spirit. Let's let God put that inside of us. Amen? Because we can't have that on our own. Right? How many woke up just absolutely loving people and just wanting to hug the world? Yes, you've spent time with Jesus then. Because that's where it comes from. And it's not natural. We want to live for ourselves. We want to think about our problem. We want to think about how I'm not good enough. We want to think about why I'm not qualified and all the rest. It's still me. That's still me. When we've called to be reconcilers to God. So God, I thank you. I thank you that you have made a way. I thank you that you made the way by bringing your son. And you brought us back to yourself through him. You knew that we couldn't even do it on our own, that we'd blow it. You knew we were powerless in ourselves. You didn't point a condemning finger and just give up on us, but you made a way so that you could bring us back to yourself. And you even made a way that we could partner with you, that you aren't doing this on your own, but you've literally said we are your body. We are your hands and your feet, and you know we could screw it up. You know we can mess it up. But you chose to work through us because you called us your sons and your daughters. We are your family. We thank you, God. We thank you that we've been reconciled to you. So God, first of all, we repent for living for ourselves. We repent for looking at our lack, looking at our failures, looking at what we don't have, instead of looking at you, instead of looking at what you've done, because you are more than enough. And you've made that way that we could not make. So we give you, we give you our lives. We surrender them to you. I want you to just begin to just surrender just yourself and just 
if you've areas where you've just lived for yourself, just surrender it now. He forgives us. He doesn't point a finger at us. He doesn't condemn us, but he does want us to be honest. And where we've done that, we just surrender it to you. And God, we ask for our life in you to be the life that we live. I, we thank you that the old is gone and the new has come, that we are new creations in you. And I thank you that we live out from that place of our new life in you. So I thank you for your perfect love that casts out all fear. Thank you for your perfect love right now that ministers and draws us to yourself. We lay down condemnation. This field, there's, the condemnation is a big thing that a lot of people deal with. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who follow not after the flesh, but follow after the spirit. So we silence every lie of the enemy. We say there is no condemnation. We do not receive it because we are in Christ and we are complete in him. No more shame, no more guilt, no more fear. Jesus, you are more than enough. We thank you. We are free in you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, we love you, we love you, Jesus. We love you, we love you, we love you. And Jesus, we thank you that you have called us to yourself, but you are calling others to yourself through us. And I ask, I ask for your heart. If you want that heart, I want you to just lay your hands on your heart. And let's believe for Jesus. Jesus, to begin to birth that heart because it is his heart. Give us that heart that pleads, come back to God. God, that we would see that for every person, that we would not disqualify any person that we walk by, but that we would see, God, that you have something for each one of them, God, and you're pleading, you're pleading for them to come back to you, God. We ask that your heart would be birthed in our heart, that we would begin to see them with your heart, God, your desire for them to come back to you. God, give us your heart. I thank you, Jesus. You said, take my yoke upon you. We ask for your yoke, your yoke that is easy and your burden that is light. But we thank you for your heart that does not point a, a finger and condemn, but that you came that the world might be saved through you. Thank you for your saving, redeeming heart. Let it be birthed in us. Let that yoke be upon us that was upon you calling a world back to you. We thank you, God, for every person that you've put in our life. God, we thank you. We help us to make time and, and, and make margin for those opportunities that, that we have, that you put in front of us. Help us to not be so rushed and so busy in life that we miss the opportunities that you put in front of us. Help us to create margin and space and time to pause, 
until we look. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for each precious life that you have put in our path. God, those that you've put in our life that we are seeing on a daily basis or pretty consistently that don't know you, God, we pray for them, God, that they would be reconciled back to you. God, that you would use us. You would use us to be your hands and your feet. You would use us to minister your love, to minister your your message of reconciliation. God, we thank you for the opportunities that you will give us. We thank you, Holy Spirit. It's your job to convict them of 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 sin and of righteousness and of judgment. It's your job to do that. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the one working in their life even now. Thank you that you are the one. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to work alongside of you, that you would give us those words to speak, that you would lead us in the way that we should go each and every day. And God, we just thank you for all that you're doing. God, we thank you that all of this was a free gift from you. That this journey that we're on with you, God, is awesome. We have so much that we can give, that we don't have to be overcome by evil, but we can overcome evil with good. That we can be like Jesus, who was anointed by you and went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Because God, you are with us. You are with us. So we thank you. We thank you that you are doing that in and through your people. today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.